Assalamu alaikum. It is Monday, the 1st of November 2021. And in our series, Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 272. And uh, we are these days looking at uh, Al-Baqarah, the second chapter of the Holy Quran, verse 94. And this is the fourth broadcast in which we are going to consider the meanings of this verse of the Holy Quran. Just to remind you that these broadcasts are brought to you by the Lahore Ahmadiyya community, which is also known as uh, the Ahmadiyya movement and Ahmadiyya Anjbanishat Islam. And it was founded by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Rahmatullah. And he taught us that although people want to bring another prophet after the Holy Prophet Muhammad, this is wrong because the Quran says about the Holy Prophet that he was the seal of the prophets and the Holy Prophet explained that it means the last of the prophets, the last prophet. No prophet after me, he said. So now neither an old prophet nor a new prophet will come. However, reformers, Mujaddadeen will come when the Ummah goes astray to lead them back to the right path. But Holy Prophet also told us because when uh, these Mujaddids, these reformers try and reform people, there'll be a difference of opinion. And the Holy Prophet said that the difference of opinion in my Ummah is a blessing. He also said, and this negates those who are keen to start jumping up and down and saying about the people who disagree with them that they are kafirs and heretics and out of the fold of Islam and God knows what else. That if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalima that you are a heretic, 
then it is the person saying it who's close to heresy. So this is worth remembering that no reciter of the Kalima can be a heretic. We are not entitled to say that they are heretics. But God's what God decides about them and so on, that's between them and God. That has nothing to do with us. So Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed also taught us that uh, although people say that some uh, uh, revelation received uh, by the Holy Prophet Muhammad has been missed out and is uh, um, not in the Holy Quran, like Ayah Rajam, Surah Walayat and so on, this is untrue. All prophetic revelation that the Holy Prophet Muhammad received is with us in the form of the Holy Quran. Why? Because God said, I have revealed it and I am a guardian over it. And if something has been missed, then that promise was not true. Nausubillah. Azad Mirza Ghulam Ahmad also taught us that uh, um, whereas generally Muslims believe that some verses of the Holy Quran have been abrogated, he taught us that no verse of the Holy Quran was, is or ever shall be abrogated or cancelled. This is totally incorrect. And most importantly, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed taught that jihad is a fundamental duty of every Muslim. It cannot be abrogated. But he said, what we have to do is to not take some jurists word about what jihad is, or some maulanas or some scholars' opinion about what jihad is. We have to see what the Holy, the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam said is jihad. And he said that while when returning from fighting, he said from the minor jihad, we are now returning to the major jihad. And then went on to explain that major jihad is a struggle with our own desires. A struggle with our own desires. You see, comparatively speaking, it's easier to take a gun and shoot someone else because they don't embrace Islam or we perceive that they have somehow um, insulted the Holy Quran or the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi But the Quran says that the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi himself said that um, 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 we have to bear true witness even if it's against our near and dear ones. So if your child is in the court of law, 
charged with murder and the only witness to that murder is you. And you know that if you say my child, yes, did in fact murder this person, your child will be given the death penalty. That is much more difficult to do. To speak the truth at that time. And that is what true jihad is. That is what that true jihad is. Which we forget. Sadly. So today we are, as I said, going to look at um, verse 94 of uh, Al-Baqarah. So let us turn to that uh, chapter of the Holy Quran. A'uzu billahi minash Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ulin Kanat Lakumudarul Ahira to Hindalahi Holy Fatamin Watamannabul mawta in kuntum fadiqeen. Save the abode of the hereafter with Allah, especially for you, to the exclusion of the people. Then invoke death if you are truthful. So today we are going to look at the word Doon. Khalifatam min Doonin Nasi. So we are going to look at the word Doon. So let us go to where are they? To the dictionaries and see what notes I have regarding this verse there are oh here we are it's a triliteral uh, root is dal wa noon doon and uh, in english it's expressed in uh, uh, a number of uh, expressions um, but uh, it means the same thing means excluding you can use the expression other than besides instead of other than yourselves depending on whether a pronoun is uh, added to uh, the end of doon uh, and so on. But in one way or another, dunihi, other than him. Min dunillah, 
besides Allah. A lot of the time it's used in, in that uh, sense. Laha min dunillah, min dunillah ma'ala yunafar, and so on. So, and uh, as I said, what's happened to my notes? Uh, give me a second, I've got pages, pages I've got mixed up, here we are, yes. So, <clears throat> Dune is something that is cut off or missing something. So you might do it deliberately, it might be accidental and someone but whatever, except besides, as I said when I read out the meanings from the dictionary. Chapter 3, verse 118. So don't share your secrets with those. Now, um, you know, dunikum. That is ex the exception coming in. Now, uh, and there is a, a disagreement about uh, what it means, who are these people? Some people say people who don't have the same status as you. Well, you know, there's, there's no insult to a person who's got a lower level job that you don't share something with them. A minister may be very friendly with his chauffeur, but he doesn't share government secrets details of the cabinet meeting discussions with his chauffeur or, or with his chef. Some people say that it stands for Muslims, that don't share your secrets with those who are not Muslims. Um, and uh, some have said that uh, it means that those related to you but uh, um they are they have the same they don't have the same social standing as you and from some points of view and i gave you one example that this is understandable you know if you are the chief uh, scientist at a nuclear installation You know, you might have a brother who is has some other job, who's a clerk in a, I don't know, education office or whatever, or in an um, import-export company. Are you really going to share your secrets with that person? There isn't any one country that anyone can mention where it would be thought sensible. You don't have to go 
back very far, just go back to the Second World War and see how understandably, I mean, you know, both parties, the Allies and the Axis powers closely guarded their secrets. Um, understand, there used to be uh, uh, like slogans written on London buses and, and things uh, along the lines, careless talk costs lives. Which is exactly what this verse is saying. Exactly what this is saying. This is exactly what the British did. And there is an interesting uh, verse 516. Well, the discussion around it is interesting in a way. Anta ulta linna sitahizuni wa ummiya ila haini mindunillah. This is God asking uh, Jesus, did you say to people that except God, you worship me and my mother? And uh, now this is interpreted in two ways. One is that uh, leave Allah and worship the two of us. And uh, others interpret that as meaning um, two um, intercessors through whom you can approach Allah. And it's quite interesting. With, I mean, the first interpretation, uh, personally, I think I agree with that because that is still that is still the Catholic uh, view. Maria Mary is addressed as Mary, Mother of God. Of course, a mother has a higher standing than a child. So if she's Mother of God, then you know she has a higher standing than God. So why would you worship God when you have someone who has a higher status to worship. In chapter 6, verse 15, it says, لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِن دُونِهِ وَلِيَّوْمْ وَلَا And with, except for him, they will not have a friend or someone to intercede on their behalf. And again in chapter 2, later on, verse 107, it says, and except for God, except for God, you will not have a friend or someone who intercedes on your uh, behalf. And uh, I mean, people do say that, um, you know, God works through human beings. If you need help, he doesn't come down from heavens personally. 
to give you help. He works through his creation. Um, and they in turn help him. They help others. Uh, and then you also have uh, this warning in chapter 6 verse 70. You know when people uh, call on uh, um, I don't know idols or go to holy men and all this kind of thing and God says about that. Um, tell them, ask them that should we call on those other than Allah, besides Allah, who cannot benefit us or do us harm. Min dunillahi ma'ala yanfa'una wala yadurruna. That they can't <clears throat> benefit us and they can't harm us. So uh, the there's another interesting discussion on, um, around uh, verse three, uh, sorry, chapter three, verse twenty-seven in the Holy Quran. Um, where um, um, literally translated it says that um, that the believers should not make friends with non-believers should not make friends other than believers and so on and um, this is then taken to mean that um, Muslims should isolate themselves from other people. So if you're looking in a Muslim, if you're living in a Muslim majority country, where 80, 90 percent are Muslims, well, it's very easy for you to, uh, if you take this on face value, to say, well, you know, I'm not going to make friends with Christians or Jews or Hindus or whatever. Uh, if you're living in a society where 90% are Muslims, it's highly unlikely that you will come across followers of those other faiths. But what do you do if you are in, um, in the West? in uh, USA, in Canada, in Europe, the Muslims are, in England I, I think Muslims are about 3% and 97% are non-Muslims. So what are you going to do? And does it actually refer to social relations with non-Muslims? Does it say that uh, does it mean that if your uh, uh, neighbor invites you to his child's wedding and that neighbor is not a Muslim, you refuse to go? This is, this is a simplification of the word aliyah. So those who use this argument, the simplification of 
the word Aurelia. It means, yes, it means friends, but it also means people that you depend on, those who protect you, your supporters, your protectors and so on. So, and I think that is the point that the Holy Quran is making here, that uh, do not depend on other people, do not depend on other nations for your security and your strength. Because if they help you, then, you know, they might have some ulterior motive. They won't help you without there being something in it for them. If a Muslim majority country is attacked, why should, why should another country, a European, European country, let's say, or a North American country, why should they go and defend and support that country unless there is something in it for them? And that is something that families and organizations need to remember as well. All of us. And I say this to our organization. I'm not saying don't be friendly with the others, whatever their religion or sect or whatever. If they need help, help them. If they invite you to their son's birthday, go. If you, you are marrying off your child and you're on good terms with your neighbor, invite them, let them see. Maybe that, that will incline them towards Islam, I don't know. It is only by social inter interaction that people did and become interested in Islam, but at the same time, do not depend on them for your own security, for your own strength, for that you must come together yourself. No one else has ever done it, will ever do it, unless they can get something out of it for themselves. And I try and impress that upon Muslims. I try and impress that upon Lahori Ahmadis. I try and impress that upon everyone. Nothing succeeds like success. And nothing succeeds like strength. In this world, have you ever seen anyone Treat a person who is weak with respect and regard. 
So why do you want to be that person? In this, but this, this is the nature. I'm not saying that you do it. I'm saying that others do it. So don't put yourself in that position. If you're financially weak, if you're militarily weak, if you're socially weak, if you're weak in some other way, people will take advantage. It doesn't matter how lofty your principles are. It doesn't matter how good the things that you believe in are. This is just a fact of life. And that's what the Quran is warning about. Don't depend on others. Whether you're a family, whether you're a Jamaat, whether you're whatever, stand on your own two feet. If you can only afford one meal a day without begging others, eat only one meal a day. Don't let others know or see that you can only afford one meal a day. It's better to go hungry in that way rather than beg others and depend on others. Success lies in this self-sacrifice. There is no other magic rule for it. But time is up, so with a prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, regardless of your uh, religion, sect, caste, creed, colour, nationality, I pray that Allah keeps the whole of humanity safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, goodbye.